Hey everyone, welcome to the Loving This Life podcast hosted by yours truly, Abby Hillis, founder of ACH Events and Grow Group and also the co-founder of The 12th Woman, an advocacy group fighting for sexual assault survivors. You are currently listening to a special series called Advocating for Athletes. This four-episode series approaches emotional and physical abuse issues surrounding elite competitive athletes from multiple perspectives. Each episode includes one guest, their story and involvement in adolescent sports, and how they believe society as a whole needs to change and it needs to happen now. My goal is that our listeners are not only educated on the issues that athletes face, but also provide a platform for survivors and athletes to speak out. The louder we are together, the more we will change the culture and societal norms. If you would like to share your story anonymously or with your name, I have created a space to do this by going to lovingthislife.org. I also want to give a huge thank you to the Texas Advocacy Project. TAP provides advice over the phone, support with do-it-yourself legal filing processes, and complete client representation. Their experienced attorneys guide and advocate for you through the entire process, and the best part is that their services are always completely free for survivors. If you are picking up this series starting with one of the episodes, I invite you to listen to the introduction episode to this series. It is a quick 10-minute listen and provides an overview and additional details about this series. And as a reminder, these episodes contain very triggering content, so please take breaks as needed. Thank you to everyone who has supported the Loving This Life podcast and continues to do so. Let's dive in. Welcome, everyone, to episode 26 of the Loving This Life podcast. You are listening in to the gymnastics series that we are having, and this is episode three. I am super excited to bring on my guest today. She's like a sister slash best friend and mom slash best friend to me as well. <laughs> Less of a mom and more of a friend. Um, but they are two people that are very dear to me. Basically, Kins is like a little sister to me and was. We did a lot of traveling together. My mom was like a second mom for a while to her. And Christy was like the fun mom I never had. (laughs) And so, you guys, this is really unique and different. They are coming on to kind of just share Kinsey's gymnastics story together and talk about not only just the gymnastics perspective, but the parent perspective that came with uh, the experience of gymnastics and you know, share the story that they've experienced and walked through in the world of gymnastics, but also share it with intention to try to make a change and really get people to start speaking out and just believe that they deserve to be respected as athletes and as children and as parents. So welcome, guys. Thanks for coming. Thanks for having us, Abby. This is Kenzie. I'm excited to be on. <laughs> I'm so excited to be here. Abby, you're so grown up. Haven't seen you. I know. I turned 30 this year. Wow. Oh, my God. I'm, I'm old. old. You yeah. are old. <laughs> We're all old. I'm young. So let's see. Kenzie and I, we did, we were gymnasts together at Capitol starting, I guess, you were how old? Like six, I think. Okay. So I was five when I started there. You came along then. That means that like when I was like eight or nine, I guess, mm-hmm. probably. And then we were the, quote, chosen ones, I guess, for the <laughs> USA Gymnastics <laughs> compulsories and uh, had to learn to be literally perfect <laughs> from the get-go. You were six. I, I guess I was probably around 10. I don't really remember that time frame. But, and my mom traveled with us. We went all over teaching all of the coaches all over the entire world, or I guess the nation, the compulsory routines. And... Then you went on to just kill it in the sport of gymnastics. It was kind of crazy to watch you just 
I don't know, be on TV, especially back when gymnastics wasn't really on TV. Yeah, it's pretty it's crazy, crazy, right? Times. Like now yeah. it's really normal. We right. have Friday night heights and crap, yeah. but back then it was not like that. No, not at all. It was like if you got airtime on ESPN, you like you really made <laughs> you it. You were cool. <laughs> yeah, I think well you just kind of start start with your background. I know you started as a gymnast in Austin, but then y'all also went all over Texas and have a bunch of different experiences and I just really want everyone to have a chance to kind of know what it was like to be in the world of Kenzie as a gymnast and the good, the bad, the pretty, the ugly and kind of what you're doing now too and to show people that your past doesn't really define what's going on okay and how you can be sounds good yeah yeah so capital when when did you leave capital I left capital when I was about 10 years old I think okay yeah and what level elite I like just started my elite path then at 10 at 10 I do not remember that yeah it was like hope so it was pre-elite that's right okay and that was with Chris and Barry yep I was with Chris and Barry and then Y'all moved to Houston first. Yeah, we moved to Houston for my dad. My dad got a job transfer, okay. so we moved up there, and I worked out at Stars Gymnastics okay. under Dan and Ashley Baker. Okay, and then that was for, I don't even know how long, two years? Three? It was about three or four, I think, because I did, I went to like three Visa Championships there, so I had okay. to be at least three years there, and then ended up moving to Dallas, went to Woga for... A year, I think, okay. maybe a very short, long year. Had you started <laughs> going to year. camp at in Houston? No, I started actually in Austin going to camp. Okay, yeah. So you went with Chris, that's right with Barry mm-hmm. mostly, right? In Chris? Uh, Chris, no, Chris. mostly Chris. Okay, and then you you also went to camp down at like the, the camp I'm talking about for those of you listening is it's the Caroli camp that now that everything's come out that you've heard about. Yes, Kinsey went there, and that's what we're referencing as camp um, in the middle of nowhere, Woodlands, Texas. Sort of the fact that they say yeah, it was like Huntsville. Yeah, no, it's in the middle of nowhere where you have no cell service. No, yeah. Um, Okay, so you're ten, eleven, twelve. You're going to camp, Christy. You're not going, right? No, No. you send her off with who? Coaches. Send her off with coaches. Okay, and you have no contact with your mom while you're there. Mom, dad, how's what is it like? No. So I remember whenever I first started going, we actually had to use pay phones. And would like have a little card. (laughs) We did, we did. And you'd like go to the phone. You got a minute to talk to your mom. Yeah, or like we might have had a card. We just paid. Yeah, pay card. Okay, Okay, that was that was after quarters. It was a pay card. And then there started maybe be a little. If you had Verizon Wireless, you were like the cool kid that had service or whatever. And sometimes it would work. (laughs) T-Mobile did not. work. No, yeah. Sometimes it wouldn't. But mainly use Wi-Fi and like we get on Facebook or Skype. So they did have Wi-Fi. Yes. Ish. Ish. On a good. I mean, it was like yeah. And you were allowed to have phones. Yeah, but they didn't work, so what's the point? <laughs> okay, but, okay, so you're at, at the time when you're, like, what, in the cabin in bed, and that's when you could get access to yeah. internet and your phone, Yeah, so, like, we would have a morning workout for four hour, three or four hours, and then you'd go to lunch, and then you have, like, an hour to rest, and you're back in the gym for another, like, three to four hours. So after the second practice is whenever you would, like, shower and call your parents. Okay, and that was, like, the norm, and they were okay with that happening? They knew that that's what happened? I don't really know if they knew, but, yeah, everyone okay. did it. The coaches, your your specific coaches probably knew, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. And so you went there and you would see Marta and Bella mm-hmm. and Valeri would also be helping them run it, right? At um, that point or no? No, Valeri wasn't helping at that point and it was only Marta. Like okay. whenever I was really little, I went to Tops Camp or whatever and that was Bella and Marta, but the elite camp is just Marta. Okay. Funny side note before Bella, well, people probably don't know, but Bella now has really bad dementia and doesn't really know what's going on. But side note, back in 94, no, 96 Olympics, 94 was a winner, 96 Summer Olympics, Bella picked me up and kissed me on the cheek and told me I'd be an Olympian. (laughs) (laughs) How cute. Isn't that funny? 
sweet Bella. Yeah, we well. we never. Um, <laughs> anyways, so okay. I also want to ask this question because I feel like people really need to know what camp was like. I want to know what lunch and dinner and food was oh, like, God. and I want to know what the sleeping quarters was like. <laughs> It was bad. Like, the food, we'd have to sneak bread because they'd have sandwiches, and, like, that was the good day. It was the sandwich day. So you'd have the bread, and you'd hide it in your bag so your coaches didn't see it. So you would eat the meat of the sandwich but hide the bread? Yeah. Okay. Like, I mean, sometimes you'd use the bread, but, like, also, side note, they wouldn't let us bring snacks to camp. If we did, we had to, like, hide it in our bags. And okay, I know like underneath your clothes or something? Yeah, yeah, so okay. that they couldn't see it. We had lots of snacks. We snuck them. Good. Or I yeah. sent them in a yeah. bag. And we'd all just, like, share <laughs> in the room because... And you didn't want to, like, eat in front of them because it's embarrassing. And then, like, breakfast was okay. The eggs were, like, there. The sausage was weird. And then dinner, you got, like, the small portion again. But we always said that there was, like, laxatives in the food because some wasn't right. <laughs> I mean, that might be too much, but. <laughs> Y'all, like, crapped all the time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was bad. <laughs> but it also could have just been, like, the nerves and the yeah. tension. Like, being tense all the time and just nervous to be around these people, you know. Yeah. So it could have been that, too, but. It was like the big joke. You're of the in high girls. stress situation, and high yeah. stress situation it starts <laughs> yeah. moving. So yeah. yeah, and then the places we slept were like terrible. Water smelled like eggs the first day. It was so bad. And then uh, national team camp was a little better, but it was like four beds in one room. Okay, like and bunk then, beds. No, it was one bunk bed and then two singles. Okay, and then like whoever it Sheets, was, blankets were provided. You brought your own pillows. For some reason, I feel like sheets and blankets weren't at first, like whenever I first started going. Okay. But then later on, right. Hilton sponsored them, and they brought in, like... Praise God for Hilton. Yeah. <laughs> they brought in, God. They, they brought in, like, newer beds with better mattresses and pillows, maybe. Maybe. I don't I remember know. exactly. And to provide perspective, it's not like USAG didn't have the money to exactly. pay for these things, right? This was not a... Hilton hotel oh, experience. God, no. But it's was, also there yeah. this was this was starting of when the USA gymnastics mm-hmm. teams really started taking off oh, yeah. on a world platform and yeah, absolutely. Ninety six had happened, Olympics and then we were moving through. We had the era of Carly Patterson and, and all of them come through and so it wasn't that mm-hmm. USA gymnastics didn't have the money to provide no. what they wanted. They right. just there was it has come out and it has been a point that they were wanting this to be a place where you guys were not comfortable and you didn't get exactly what you needed because they wanted you to make sure that you were. I feel like I remember reading this somewhere that someone else talked about. Oh, this. I'm sure. Yeah. And it was a place where they wanted you to always be on your toes and mm-hmm. who was going to be the best athlete and under the worst conditions because that's what we needed mm-hmm. to perform right. in international competitions. And so we're not going to give them what they need because the chances are of them receiving this in an international competition is small. And so we want them to be prepared and which I get, I guess, but it doesn't change the fact that like you guys should have been given an adamant amount of nutrition. I mean, yeah. Like even you shouldn't be scared to eat an apple, like grabbing a little extra few. Yeah. 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 And then like there's bugs everywhere. Ask anyone. They hated the place. I look back on like Facebook posts and it was like two more workouts, one more workout. Oh, back to my favorite place. Like crazy. Yeah. Like, not fun No, memories. no, no. Did you have any good memories, like, in the bunks? Yeah, like, being I mean, girls and just sisters? Yeah, and- later, later at night we'd have fun with each other, do whatever, because, I mean, there's no point of sitting there being miserable. Because there's the no coaches time. around, right? No, no. The coaches 
never really came over. If they did, it was like, what, why are you here? And I've learned that at that time, when the coaches left, that was like party time for them. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So, like, that people didn't know that. But, I mean, that was a chance for coaches to just go get shit well, well, if you were the chosen coach. If yeah. you were the chosen because coach. Because they did exclude a few coaches. Yeah. We'll talk about that later. But, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, sorry. I just really wanted yeah. everyone to understand, like, what camp was like. And there's also an in-room, like, at the... That we would all go sit in with the couches, and then, like, you'd get massages in there. All the gymnasts would. Okay, from, like, therapist? Yeah, from, like, Larry, Debbie. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so from Larry's team. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Larry being Larry Nasser, for those of you who are following along. We're going to get into more of that. But, okay, so you went to Houston, competed a couple years for them, and then... Christy, I think I want you to kind of tell the story of, like, I guess Valeri called you and was like, hey, you need to... So, actually, it's kind of interesting. One of the... Someone set us up an appointment with Valeri okay. to go because we were moving to Dallas. And kind of interesting enough, John had been transferred immediately when we went, went to Houston. That was in, like, 2007, 2008, mm-hmm. which was, if anyone knows, the... Um, economic crisis that was then yeah so john's job which is my husband kenzie's dad was transferred back to austin dallas territory so we stayed in houston but things kind of got a little shaky so we um, did decide to move called capital at the time Mm -hmm. and um with direction from them they said you probably need to actually i think we did one workout at capital actually and um yeah we did yeah we did and um they said you you might want to reach out where kenzie level was to some Dallas gyms, and they connected us with, or someone did, I'm not sure who it was, Valeri for Woga and Kim Zameskel with Texas Dreams. Kim Zameskel was the first place we went. Um, Kenzie worked out a couple days there and loved it. And actually, I talked to Kim after, like, her second or third workout, and she told us, you know, that she didn't see a reason that we needed to try Woga. I felt, which now I could just kick myself, (laughs) But I felt um, that I had given my word, and I had told him we were going there, and I'm, I'm one of those people that I, I follow through to my word. And you so are. I am. And I said, well, no, we're going to go. I, Kenzie loves it here. I think this is the place. We went to, to Woga, and she did after her very first tryout. He sat us on the bench, and he wanted a decision that moment. And, mm. and I wanted to rest on it and think about it. And he looked us both in the eye and said, I build champions. You want to be a champion, you stay here. So it was, it was very intimidating from the very first moment. So, but that's my fault there because I, I maybe, I don't know. He was, not he was definitely yeah. taking it, advantage it of the was, situation. Yeah. He, did, he did not, in other words, if we took time to think about it, then the door was shut with him. He wanted to train McKenzie. Well, he at least wanted you to believe that. He wanted us to believe it. It probably wouldn't have been the situation because yeah. he probably saw the potential that everyone okay. saw in Kenzie, right? right? But he wanted you to believe that right. and so that was the only option. I fell for it. And so we made that decision that moment and said, we'll stay here. I, Looking back, I don't think that was what Kenzie wanted. Yeah. Even, even not knowing, she didn't know what was about probably the worst 12 months of her life that she was about to go through. Maybe not the worst because there was other things after that. But I think looking back that, you know, I don't think that's quite what she wanted. But. But it's fine. That's here right. we are. Right. It, it was a decision. You right. thought you were helping her follow her dreams. Right. You, we've Guys, we've talked and Christy's told me if there's one thing that she knows about Kins, she never wanted to quit the sport. And uh-huh. she was destined to definitely be a professional athlete and be very high level in the sport. I knew it from the beginning. She was very athletic and very 
uh, naturally good. You weren't scared of a lot of things, which is a huge part of a gymnast, like, like to hold you back is in gymnastics right. is the fear, right? Mm-hmm. So if you have the ability to overcome fear and you're athletic, it, it's like a recipe for success in the sport. And you guys probably saw that mm-hmm. as just smart parents picking up on that. Right. And I mean, I also want to go back and touch, like, I was a, I'm a one girl of five kids and the other four are boys and my parents were running around like chickens with their head cut off to make life (laughs) work. You were there. I mean, when I remember capital days, like I remember seeing you and Monica's mom and Kathy Ellswick and y'all were always there cheering your girls on and like super involved. So this isn't a situation of like not being involved. You were very involved. And I want to make sure people know that because I had a mom who was not very involved because she didn't have the bandwidth to be very involved. And, you know, I praise God all the time that I didn't get bigger and better in the sport than I was because I think I would have been probably taken advantage of even more than I was just Mm -hmm. at my lower levels of gymnastics. And so I want people to know that it's not like you weren't around. Like you were always there watching practice, participating, taking her – all yeah. the girls were always together. You made sure they had camaraderie. I mean, it, this it was. was a very, you were a very involved yeah. mother. It was you were not just like drop your kid off, go home, whatever. Until it, now, I, until we went to Woga. Yeah, okay. but I could have said something for me not to go. Like looking back now, I wish I would have been like, no, I want to go to Texas Dreams. But we well, were no, taught to have no voice. Back to your conversation. I mean, when we went, it's what you learn, mm-hmm. and I and I take everything for a lesson, mm-hmm. and. Whenever I always felt comfortable to come to the gym, I mean, I made my very best friends in the gym. Like, yeah. I'm still, you know that. Like, yeah. I am still best friends with everyone from Capitol. Yeah. And a few along the way. Many friends I met in Houston, talk every day to one of them. Yeah. But when I went to Woga, I was, it at first, it felt fine. I wouldn't go in the gym. Mm. I would literally pull up and text Mackenzie and say, I'm here. Yeah. It's a very different environment. Very different environment. Again, you know, earlier you and I were talking about your gut. Yeah. There was something in my gut, and I didn't trust it. Okay. So you got to trust your gut. Yeah. So. Yeah. So you're at Woga. He's taking, Valeria's taking you to meet, or I guess meets and camp. Mm-hmm. Share a little bit about what that was like. I mean, was he supportive? Was he threatening? Did he upset you? At camp or practice? I mean. Everywhere? Yeah. What was it like? I mean, at first, I felt, like, honestly honored to work out there. It was cool yeah, to be like, like, oh, I'm one of his yeah, chosen yeah. ones. Yeah, and, like, me, Caitlin, Lizzie, we were all very tight right away, too. So it was cool to just, share, like... Share who people know. People oh, know. sorry, sorry. <laughs> Caitlin Ohashi, she went to UCLA for gymnastics. Yes. And then Lizzie LaDuke. Also, Caitlin has, like, she's been everywhere. Um, Lizzie LaDuke went to Illinois <laughs> for gymnastics. <laughs> I forget people. Don't yeah, yeah. you got to make sure because they're non-gymnasts. You're people. right, you're yeah. right. Okay. <laughs> But yeah, I liked it at first. I thought it was cool that I got to go train with these people. But then the honeymoon phase, I guess, mm-hmm. wears off and it gets scary. Like one thing was always weird was like we had to wear sweats to wear, warm up. No matter what, you had to wear sweats so that you would sweat and get like really warm. Okay. So that was always AKA weird. AKA lose a bunch of weight. Yeah, water, yeah, yeah. Water weight. Absolutely. Really. Yeah. And then I was thinking back. So that was like 20. I got kicked 10. out. Well, no, but, okay, so before the honeymoon phase, yeah, all the time, because I would not even get to a gym. Okay, that's another story. But So you, you make national team, and that's when the pressure, because she mm. made, so she went there, went to, literally, it started classics and then visa. She made national team, junior national team, 
And then it's I when I was I, there for a little bit first. Well, I mean, like we were only there a year, so maybe. Oh, that's true. You yeah. know, nine months. You were already going to camps and stuff. But it's interesting because I feel like, and, and Kinsey didn't express, okay, the way the Kinsey <laughs> y'all are hearing today is not the Kinsey that was. That's a fair point to make. Okay. Yes. Yes. So, and this is something we talked about earlier, but there was a time when I know for a fact Christy came to me and said, I don't think. I like my daughter's anything more than like a robot at this point and mm-hmm. I can't get through her head I can't talk to her I can't can't get her to express anything and that's the Mackenzie that was at WOGA and had to experience all of this so you got she has grown and we'll we'll get into like the amazing woman she's become now but at the time she was a mute I mean she was a robot she mm-hmm. did what her coaches told her to do mm-hmm. she didn't converse with her parents about what was happening on at the gym out of f- fear out of fear of repercussions, out of fear of her future being mm-hmm. um, jeopardized. There's a lot of things that went into to you kind of shutting down and just doing what you were asked to do and nothing more and not yeah. really doing much more than what your coaches were expecting you to True. do. True, yeah. Another thing that came out there too a lot was weight. So like before Woga, I never thought about my weight ever. Like I always thought I was fine or whatever. And then Got there, and I know, like, me and my friends would look in the mirror, try to suck in, and, like, oh, we're bloated today, 70 pounds, saying we look fat. Mm-hmm. And how old are you at this point? This is Like, 14, yeah. 2010. Okay. And yeah. she's about to be 25. Yeah. So. I'm just trying to think of when I had conversations about being bloated. Like, I feel like I was in college. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, um, you know, I, that's just nuts to me. Yeah. I can I can tell a story, uh, just a very quick one, that when I realized there was something going on a couple times, I was in my bedroom doing something and it was like, you know, later in the evening mm-hmm. and I came like rounded my bedroom into the living room of the kitchen and Kenzie was in there and I look over and she starts choking. Like I have to go perform the, the Heimlich on her and this big piece of watermelon, <laughs> this is no joke. A big piece of watermelon comes out of her mouth and I thought, are she trying to I swallow whole? I mean, a whole piece comes out and later she told me that, she was scared to get caught eating. And so that was even, they even filtered From into you, the home. and you had never put any Please, of that Please, I'm the one that has chips, queso, and yeah. cereal, and Pop-Tarts. Yeah. Right. In <laughs> right. my house every right. day. Right. I mean, we try to, you know, live as healthy as we can, but we don't starve ourselves of anything that we want. Right. And she was even getting to the point, and I didn't put two and two together, but she literally was trying to hide that she was eating, so she tried to swallow that. Before she saw you. Before she saw me. Oh, good yeah. gracious. So. Ugh. I'm just Anyways. so glad that you're such an awesome woman <laughs> now. Like, thank God. That, now like, I'm like, give me the food. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, we can go to town at yeah. our house right yeah. now. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Hey, guys. I wanted to take a quick break from the episode to bring you a little bit more information about our sponsor, Texas Advocacy Project. TAP provides solutions to lead those experiencing domestic violence or sexual assault to safety and free legal services. Callers to the legal line are offered free legal checkups, and this is often the first time they've ever spoken with an attorney to learn what rights they have. Civil legal remedies like protective orders and termination of an abuser's parental rights often provide the first steps to living in hope and leaving fear behind. Last year alone, TAP served over 10,000 clients and children across the state. I personally wish I would have known about TAP and all that they do to help survivors because oftentimes legal resources are what survivors need in order to understand their rights and how to move forward with pressing charges and reporting. I love what they stand for and I can tell you this is a group of amazing people. I recently went to their office for a meeting and I was welcomed with the most amazing energy and enthusiasm. These people are passionate and absolutely love what they do. 
Together we can and will be better. So if you would like to donate to TAP on behalf of a survivor or for a great cause, please visit texasadvocacyproject.org slash lovingthislife to make a contribution and to learn more about TAP. Now back to the podcast. So, I mean, to go back a little bit, like he's taking you to camps. I know that there's a story about whether or not I know that you had gotten sick and there was a question on whether or not you were really sick and they thought, you know, accused you of faking it. Mm -hmm. Like, tell me a little bit about that. So, yeah, at one of the camps I went to was actually my last one at WOGA because my parents had some things to say. But (laughs) I went and the first day I was fine, but I started to feel pretty sick after and like feeling sick, I never, I wasn't one to, like, admit I didn't no. feel good. Never. Even when you were younger at yeah, Capitol and yeah. there wasn't this pressure, yeah. you still were like, no, that. and like just, that's just how you were Yeah, even, like, competing on broken feet, whatever. Broken but, hip, broken yeah, pelvis. Like, everything. They should know that at the ranch. She competed on a broken pelvis. Yeah. Yeah. But mm. I... And they knew. They knew. I mean, they're the ones that sent us... Actually, that's the one time that you called... That's when you were under Dan and Ashley Baker, and they called me that we had to get my x-rays immediately. That was no your pelvis. No, that was my foot. Oh, because I broke it at foot, and then okay. well, my she pelvis liked to break they feet all the time. Yeah, yeah. Welcome. My yeah, pelvis they like rub forever, and okay. then they're like, maybe she does need an yeah. x-ray. Okay, so, but that was anyway. at, in Houston. Regard, well, regardless, anyway. there was still an expectation. Of oh yeah. Like, hey, are you going to work out on these broken bones yes. or are yes. you yeah. not? And, and I like, was terrified. How long she... are we going to allow this pain to go? And like, let's be real. Your pain tolerance, even yes. as a kid, that I remember you, is astronomically higher mm-hmm. than any normal yeah. human being on this planet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so when you're sitting here, when you are complaining about an injury, it like, if it's I were to have been her, your coach, I would have known. Anytime Kenzie complains about an injury, I know that there's an actual issue. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I never complained about being sick because I didn't want to miss a workout. Right. Mm -hmm. I always love the sport, whatever. Anyways, got really sick, started, I'm pooping a lot, like diarrhea, crazy. Trying to tumble. Yeah. I mean, they like, the first day they didn't believe me, I told them and they'd get like almost irritated that I was going to the bathroom, but what do they expect me to shit my pants? Like, what am I supposed to do? do? Yeah. So I'd have to like jump off in the middle of beam routines, go... They didn't accuse me of lying, check my temperature. They were like, okay, fine, she has a fever. So let, let me rest for the afternoon. Oh, gosh. Just like go stretch. Goodness. Yeah, like go stretch in the back or whatever. So okay, I did that. so not even go sleep. No, it no. was go stretch. It was like go condition and stretch over there. Of course. Yeah, okay. yeah. So then, and like all the girls knew I was sick. It wasn't like. It felt so Yeah, bad. they felt bad for me. Yeah. But, and then I had to verify a floor team, which is basically just competing for Marta and them. Mm-hmm. And they all knew I was sick, but like. Play the music, go do a tumbling pass, shit in the middle, come back, do it again. Yeah, it was bad. It was, so, like, it was the flu. <laughs> it yeah, was bad. Yeah, the but, yeah. yeah, so then they accused me of lying that whole camp. It just wasn't good. Um, my parents couldn't pick me up. No, wait, wait, wait. What? The, back, the most Oh, yeah, part. yeah. Actually, I forgot. Sorry. I mean, it's yeah, just she's um, 15, and they're happy. Yeah, okay. So they, they didn't believe me, and... I went to the bat. They're like, prove to us that you're going. Mm-hmm. I was like, are you serious? So, so they I, thought you were just maybe as using as a, as yeah. an excuse to yeah, go to, the to bathroom go rest or rest or, or sit whatever. On the, yeah, whatever. Because so I'm gonna lie about shitting my pants. <laughs> yeah, because that we all yeah. love to lie about. That. <laughs> Especially crap, but that is yeah. That's yeah. embarrassing, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. with a bunch of girls staring at you while you're competing your floor routine. Right. But whatever. So I go and I'm like, really, you want to see this? And the trainer goes in there and looks mm-hmm. in and confirms that I have diarrhea. I mean, they still don't do anything, but... I think it's... So they forced you to... Someone to come into the bathroom yeah. with you and prove that you mm-hmm. were sick. Actually going. Most yeah. humiliating... When I heard the most humiliating thing you could do to a young girl. I mean, there's other, but that is just humiliating. Yeah. 
Well, and like it's not you're not even at like you're not even a I mean a six seven year old girl. No, at that point. you're fifteen. Mm-hmm. Why the mm. okay? Okay, so this happens at camp. Mm-hmm. Yeah, at the hellhole. Yeah, the hellhole. Yeah. yeah, we can call it the hellhole. I'd way rather call it that yeah. than camp because camp has a positive yeah. connotation yeah, yeah, yeah. to it. No, it's a hellhole. Yeah, it was a hellhole for a lot of people. Yeah, and so at that point, I mean. Did she, did you tell her the story? Like, so you knew you so you come she, home and you finally tell Christy no, the story. No, I told her as we were there. So she's there on Facebook, okay. texting you. That's right. Text, mm-hmm. So through Facebook, and I'm saying, can I? Because we lived in Dallas, and so for a Texas um, gymnast, it was I can come pick you up. Yeah, don't you dare show up here, mom, mom. No, please, please, because she'd already been threatened that everything, every her possibility, whole, her future was gone. They basically right. told me I was an idiot she for was being sick. Yeah. Oh, no. oh, Valeri also told me Nasia has competed on a broken foot before. So you should. I was be. like, so did I. And and I'm sorry. But I'm sick. And he would ne- he would make sure you never competed for any college. But no, but fine. that was this was while I was at Woga okay. at that camp. He told me that. And I was like, so, so have I. So anyway, mm. so she's writing me on this Facebook and and you know of course oh I didn't want to rock the boat you right. know because what's going to happen? She's right where she They're needs to jeop- be. They're going to you showing up could jeopardize her future. And she's begging us not to. And she, I mean, I could go back and pull all that and. She, they get back. So Valeria drives the girls back to Dallas. To Dallas, right. I meet, and I knew at that moment she will never. When I when I heard that she had to show her crap, <laughs> she's never going back. And so I had already made a doctor's appointment because I wanted him to check, you know, them to check her out. Clearly, right. something wrong. Um, the next morning, I took her to the doctor. She had lost. I want to say she had when she left. She was eighty six pounds. When she came back, she was eighty one. So she had lost, eight, lost 81 pounds. Five. I mean, excuse me. She lost five pounds. She was 81. Um, she was dehydrated almost to hospitalization. Um, the doctor was very concerned about her. And so John and I, John is my husband again, wrote a letter, made a phone call to Steve Penny. and The president, filed, of, president US. of USAG. Mm-hmm. And filed a complaint against Marta and Valeri. And to let everyone know, Steve Penny is also the president of USAG who went into hiding after everything that Mm -hmm. came out with Larry Nassar because he was very much so involved and knew about the implications of what he was doing to 300 plus gymnasts and did nothing about it. Right. So this is a complaint that you filed with him and got nothing. So what we got was um, some phone calls. um, And and by the way, we also made a phone call to Valerian and said, you've abused. We used the word. Mm -hmm. Due to your abuse, we are firing you. And Valeria was not happy. Mm -hmm. Um, He called John the next day and said, please come into a meeting. We had thought we had convinced Kenzie to quit gymnastics altogether, but mm, no, her passion was just too much. So she ended up going somewhere else. We'll talk about that later. And then a snowstorm in March hits <laughs> McKinney for like five days. So we couldn't go to the meeting. So God was like, uh-uh, not no happening. meeting, not no. going, not going to go back there. And so it was just kind of like it just it just went away. But Steve Penny, we, you know, emails, phone calls, had long conversations John discussed in depth with the abuse that was happening at the ranch and the treatment of our child mm-hmm. and what we thought, and we were done and we were never going back. We did, we lied, I guess, or we, things changed. But they brainwashed you. They brainwashed I, I would, us. I would go as far as to say you were just as much as brainwashed mm-hmm. as any, we any gymnast was. We were. We had long conversations. John asked him to send. He, you know, Steve Penny said, you, and because, you know, in the corporate world, what would you do? What would you do? You know, we're trying to work on this. He admitted there was a problem. 
Because Steve did? Steve did. Okay. He said, I, I know, there is a problem, there is an issue. So what, he's validating your feelings. Validating the feelings. Which is a, is a, for, making as us a, feel mm-hmm. like. As a human, okay, yeah. he understands. He understands. He, yeah. he's, he's best interest of Mackenzie. Mm-hmm. He loves, mm-hmm. he loves her. And what would you do? What do you do in corporate America? And John says, in corporate America, it, um, what frankly is what going on is bullying or discrimination or whatever. We go, we sit through classes, like period. Make every one of them sit through a class. Education. Education. Valeria needs to be educated on how to treat. Marta needs to be educated because Marta blacklisted Mackenzie that day and she told her, you will never go anywhere. She looked her in the eyes. I don't know if you remember that. Mm-hmm. I can probably find it. Um, where you, you know, told us that. I probably do remember because she, they'd always talk to us after camp. You have to like give them a hug and say bye. And she probably did say that. She probably, she said some, you know, pretty mean things. Well, she, she was known for saying those like oh, really yeah. catastrophic like mm-hmm. statements. Like you'll never amount to anything mm-hmm. or you'll never be back this, here. Yep. Or she was known for saying yeah. very like um, demonstrative sayings like that. And she Absolutely. meant it. <laughs> and she meant it at that moment. But it's pretty interesting because we didn't pursue much after that because they made us feel like, oh, we are going to take care of Mackenzie. They sent a book. Because at that moment, they, they sent a book from um, Peter mm-hmm. Vidimer. Do you know who that, the Olympian? Yes, yes. Signed Valdemar. and all these great things. Yeah. Please give this to Mackenzie. Please bring her back. And we're like, no, she's done. We're going, she's quitting, but she didn't. She ended up going to Zenith and she was going to do J.O., but within a week there, you know, Kathy Kelly's calling, please bring her back, please bring her back. And... Tatiana, which was her new coach, said it's a waste not to. And we felt because she was such an athletic gymnast. I mean, at the end of the day, and it's hard because I even saw. I mean, that's part of the reason why you were chosen for the compulsories way back when, right? Mm -hmm. Like you just naturally had an ability, just like all of the the rest of us who are part of that. There was you wouldn't have been chosen for something like that if there wasn't some sort of natural ability. And so, I think at the end of the day, as a parent, like. If she's expressing her want and her need, how do you withhold her from that? Right. You can't. You can't. I mean, you are the type of person that want your kids to follow any dream they I, ever I, had. You know, because I believe in that. But yeah. I, you know, and it's if if there's anything that's the red flags. You know, mm-hmm. like you drop your child off for their long day in the gym at Woga, and I tell you, I would drop her off. <laughs> this is no joke. After the honeymoon stage wore off. Drop her off. I would get to Lifetime Fitness to get on my little elliptical and work out. I wouldn't be on 20 minutes. And she'd say, well, got kicked out. Are you kidding? My handstand, I must have gained a pound last night. My handstand, you know, which brings me to the other story I told you later. Like, she would be kicked out within 10 minutes for being fat or being, you know, not being able to. So were the words fat used with you? Do you remember that? Or was it just like you've gained weight? You were weighed uh, when you walked in. Like, I mean, what was that like? Because I was weighed at Capitol, but it was not in the same capacity. It wasn't a good thing to be weighed. But I, I don't know that he ever said fat, so I'm not going to put words put yeah. words in yeah. mouths. But it yeah. was insinuated, you okay. know? It was and I know feeling. he you said... Felt, you felt like he was... No matter what he was saying, yeah. what you heard was fat. Yeah, yeah. And, like, he would say things to all of us. He said crazy... He would make one girl way before, if she had gained weight, make her run on the tread, lose three pounds or whatever, then she could start practice. So Holy it was like, cow. yeah, and then like one time, which at that point it's water weight, which yeah, is irrelevant yeah. weight, yeah. so irrelevant. Yes, like, water weight sweat. is cannot let's cannot. <laughs> I mean, I still to this day I can fluctuate almost four pounds on a regular yeah. basis. Yeah. Oh, yeah. With water, too, specifically sure. relevant to water. Yeah. Yeah. And or alcohol. One. <laughs> Sorry, that's a I big had one. To. That's a big one. <laughs> Sometimes that dehydrates you, though. So I, you that's true. So less. you can actually lose weight. Yeah. Okay. As long as you don't. Anyways. Need. 
as long as you don't get the munchies. Yeah. (laughs) The late night. Yeah. You know what I mean? (laughs) See, we can't have fun, guys. But yeah, and then the most embarrassing was definitely being weighed in front of my dad one time because he like bet my dad. I don't know the whole story, like word for word, but yeah, yeah, bet my dad a month's tuition that I had gained weight. And then I remember him calling me into the bathroom, weighing me in front of my dad, and I had actually like lost weight. And so, so it was your just dad a, got mind a month, game. A month's free tuition. I don't know if it Larry was willing to bet tuition yeah, I think, I think, on your weight yeah. as yeah. a child. And I remember, I think it was maybe the camp that I got sick or whatever. But like Marta was like, "Oh, she's way too skinny." But I was excited to hear that, which is so oh. twist. It's so twisted, but oh, she. Thinks so you're I'm shitting skinny. your pants, but you're so skinny. Yeah, and, and I don't. Even, I don't know if it was that camp or a different one, but I was like. Yeah. They all go together after right. a while. Right, like, yeah. And it's sad when, and I can say this to parents listening, you know, like your gut, it, you should never be intimidated by the coach. And I was. And there were, I did not walk in the gym anymore. I did not walk in the gym. I Because you had fear. I had fear. Mm-hmm. And I did not want to hear someone tell me. I mean, he would walk, you knew, if he would walk out, even if I walked out to pick up, she's gained weight. Now, anyone that knows Mackenzie's story, Kenzie has pretty severe scoliosis that we didn't know. We knew there was a touch when she was younger, mm-hmm. but it, it caused a sway back and it caused all kinds of things. She was not ever fat. My she stood with like, a sway. Yeah. She stood with twigs. a sway back. Well, there's the sway back and then it was. I just the, had a bigger rib cage. Well, not only cage, that, yeah, but your gone. torso wasn't able to grow yeah, to the yeah. capacity it should exactly. have been able to grow for yeah. all of your organs to have room because exactly. of your scoliosis. Yeah. And we'll get we'll kind of yeah. get into that, but to provide perspective to those of you listening, that her scoliosis got so bad that she went into major spinal reconstruction alignment surgery to the point of, I mean, it was crazy. I saw you in ICU, and it was yeah. it was nuts. I mean, it was a full fledged huge surgery, and that's how bad it was. But at the time, no one knew it was that bad, and it was preventing. I mean, it was in theory yeah. stunting your growth. Yeah, yeah. basically, oh, yeah. I grew two inches oh. after. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you grew two inches laying in ICU. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and now you've got about three more. But. Yeah. And so, I mean, that alone. But then the whole situation happens. You you guys don't end up having the meeting. You go to Zenith mm-hmm. and, and you get called. treated really well there. But then they all suck you back. They suck you back in and Marta's calling you and everyone's like, yeah, we want you back. Obviously, they see your talent. Mm-hmm. They want your talent back. Uh, it was to shut us up. I mean, it was, it was to it shut was to you shut up. up. Because, John, anyone that knows... Because this was after you filed. So we it filed. was like at that and point. And he wasn't going to give up. If they come back and they're coming to camp and we're making them yeah. happy, then they're not going to file anything. Looking back, it was definitely just to shut okay. us up. Because, you know, and I'm, I'm not, I, I have to be real. You know, we would have to take Tatiana because Tatiana, her new coach, didn't drive. And so if it wasn't us going out because Simona, the gym owner, didn't, then we would have to drive either Tatiana or Alex or other coach there. Mm-hmm. And so... I will never forget one of the first, first camp or back. second camps. Mm-hmm. You know, we drop them off. We're met with Valeri. Literally, we pull <laughs> up. Tatiana gets out of the car, and he starts speaking Russian. And clearly, you know the tone of the conversation. Oh, absolutely. I didn't know what was said, but the fear in Tatiana, who is a very strong woman. She worked for him for years. She actually choreographed for Carly Patterson yeah. or Holly Bice or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah worked yeah, yeah. for him for years. Wonderful woman. Great lady for Kenzie. But you could see it. Like, she, he intimidated her. And she gets back in the car, and in her English, trying to <laughs> translate to me was, he's telling me, you're an idiot for bringing her here. She's trash. Talking about Mackenzie. 
Mm. Um, never going to make it anywhere. Never going to make it anywhere. I don't know what you're doing. She's because, it, but also at this time, he. I mean, obviously, his daughter Nastia was doing very well, and she was, was done. She was done. She was, but she had I'm done trying to make come back. Yes, she had tried to come back, but she was had done very well. Yeah, right. Yeah, and yeah. he had produced Carly. Yeah, mm-hmm. she no, had, she no didn't, he, didn't. he didn't. He nope. No, it was just Nastia. It was Afghani that produced yeah. Carly. Okay, or but it was at Woga, and at that okay. So to my point, at that point. It was well good. Yes. It was him. Yeah, yeah. So people gave, were giving dog. him. He he's was big the big dog. Caitlin Ohashi, the star of. The yeah. star. Yeah. That, I mean. He's big dog. That right whole now. situation, too, with her just yeah. breaks yeah. my heart. But then she Valeria's was, making it very obvious that your future's ruined. Oh, yeah. Because you've chosen to leave Woga. And he's the chosen one from we Bella talked, and Marta. We spoke about and, him. To, we filed a complaint. That okay. Got, you know, back to him. Well, I'm sure it got back to him at some point. We told him. Yeah, I mean, John, you've abused her. So at this point, he's just—he's he's just rapid fire, ready to us. just destroy yeah. whatever you want to create. Never spoke a word until that year. I mean, ugly, ugly at camp, um, and the other coaches knew it. They, in fact, in fact, I got to tell you, like her old coaches, Dan and Ashley Baker. Ashley was very nice to her mm-hmm. at those camps. She very was. kind to her. Her and Dan were. I mean, they saw it. People, I'm not, I'm not speaking their words, but they were very kind to her. We go to visas that year, and again, the foot, the damn foot, Kenzie. It was okay. at Zenith, yeah. So she goes to, I and was, she was doing great. Because I, I had gotten fourth at Classic. They, like, I, showed me on ESPN at that Classics in 2011 I remember Zenith. that. Yes. Well, yeah, because I was on top. I think she had the Highest second or first um, hot, um, start, value. start value for Beam. Bars. Okay. Beam. Bars. And Beam. All right, um, so maybe both. Well, you will give matter. me both. I think, <laughs> think it was beam. Anyway, but it didn't matter. It really didn't matter. But she, again, goes to visas and breaks her foot, this time pretty bad. And this was a world year, mm-hmm. world championship. So it's 2011. And that was some bad things happened at that uh, competition. But anyways, breaks her foot in a warm-up. And we, John has to go get her. She has to get acupuncture um, from one of the – actually, Larry Nassar did acupuncture mm-hmm. on her for that. Because he was totally qualified to do he that. He was totally qualified. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I've learned in like yeah. the last year what actually qualifies you to really truly do correct acupuncture. Okay. And there's a way, way more education well, that goes into it. So it, it cracks did, me up. It doesn't heal a broken bone. Let's put it that way. No, it, it doesn't. It can. It can. My head. <laughs> actually, the bone was broken. Like complete. It can help with the healing, but it's sure as hell not going to fix it. No, I mean it, it was still broken when whenever she went to World's Camp, it yeah. still competed on the it. The doctor but, was like, and so they still asked you so to compete on it. They did yeah. for Worlds, but not for they. So they sat her for Visa, but because they, they knew the I had worlds. potential for Worlds. But new because at that point you were first or second, right? Yeah. Didn't you say you were like second? I was all like, around I think I got fourth that all around in. At classics. Oh, classics. Okay. And then I, I was doing really well that year. Okay. I was. Okay. So, but then we get on the elevator, and Valeria looks down and with much surprise and happiness sees the boot. It was a cast. It was actually it was cast, a cast on her. Yeah. They casted her, and was so apologetic, so felt sorry for her mm-hmm. for a quick moment because he was, you know, I mean, it was the only word he ever spoke ever since that moment that we left the gym, and the happiness that he had over that broken foot. And I'm not kidding. Don't, don't, that's I'm sorry. Not, it's not. I know it's you like laugh God because bless, that's, like, your, that's your nervousness oh, and yeah. or like your frustration with it, but it's not. I mean. It's not funny. It's not. And, and it's the truth. Sorry. Right? There's a special place in hell. Just it's, saying. It's just And not. I will openly say that. And, okay, so at that point, I feel like that's when I really truly, somewhere around there was when you had come, I just, I don't know, I remember, I have this like really stark memory of you coming to me and so concerned about her and maybe that was during the transition from Woga to Zenith mm-hmm. but at that point I mean you had just had enough 
Mm-hmm. You were just... I was done with gymnastics. You were done. The support Completely could go yeah. hell I, or high water. She begged was her to done. Quit. Begged her to quit. Begged, begged her, to, her quit. to quit. And then... This is a part of the story that I don't know. Somehow you ended up back at Capitol. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, right before you left that's for, a good, for, for a college. That's a good story. But you know, so, how much longer were you at Zenith before? I mean, like, was there anything else that happened? Was that really well, much? Well, so I went to, competed on the broken foot, because I went to World's Camp. World okay. and Pan Am. They made me think I had this big old shot to go compete at Worlds and Pan Ams. So and put you as alternate. I think for people who don't understand the sport of gymnastics, one thing they need to realize is what camp or quote Caroli camp was designed for was your place to go before you got selected to be sent off to compete and represent the USA. So whether it was visas or Worlds or the Olympics or Olympic trials or whatever, like every time, well, not every time you went to camp, but one of the things that they established at camp was the teams, Pan Ams, whatever. Mm-hmm. You, were, you were picked from how you were performing at camp to then be sent from camp to, to wherever your com- competition was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. So they said, hey, come to camps, you got your compete on or come to camp, do work on your broken foot, whatever. And we're, we want to believe in you. And then yeah. we're going to send you to worlds, we think. Or Pan Ams. Yeah. Pan-Ams. And like I did, I placed high on, beam. I think bars and beam both. Like I second or third, I don't know. I was in the Anything rankings. that really didn't have a ton to do with your foot. No. Yeah. And I should have, yeah. <laughs> I should have made it, but I didn't. So it was all the politics thing. And at that point I was just so over elite gymnastics. I was like, whatever, this is so dumb. So Olympics political. were over. Like, I don't know if that was 2011 or 12. But it doesn't matter. I think it was 11 because it's Pan Ams and World. Yeah. Okay, okay yeah, yeah. But so at that 11. point, you She's had still, realized like, that they were going to be my the body, way that they were going to be. Yeah. Your body was hurting. You were like, Olympics aren't going to happen. Yeah, and yeah. I was just, I wanted to focus on college. I was so excited to go to do that. But She's my still dad. Twelve. You just still did 2012 thesis. Did I? Yeah, because mm-hmm. you were mm-hmm. like ninth on bars or eighth okay, on bars. Okay, so maybe after that. Trials, maybe yeah. after 2012, I was like, Mm-mm, not doing any more of this. I want to be healthy for college. So I... They were y'all were gonna move back to Austin. Mm-hmm. When she they didn't finish. know why my dad got a job down there, and then my I moved down a few months before to live with uh, my grandma and grandpa, mm-hmm. just because I wanted to train there before or not move in the middle of season my senior year. So that's how I ended up back at Capital. Okay, I mean you like, did that your last year before yeah, you left yeah. to go to OU. Yeah, it was like the last six months or so, and I I knew I didn't want to go to any other gym besides that, just because I was comfortable and like knew mm-hmm. the people there. Mm-hmm. And Nico was gonna go to. Oh, you with me. So that was another reason. Yeah. And I think at that point, too, you had all the skills. Yeah. It was yeah. just maintaining. Yeah, it was, it was just having fun. And having, having fun. fun until you could get to college and stay yeah, healthy. for sure. Okay, so lots of hardship happened. There, A lot of your elite, and I would say le- when you were younger than 18, a lot of those memories. I mean, I think it's something to talk about that you struggle with remembering what was where because Mm -hmm. going back to the conversation that Christy and I had, you know, in the midst of it of you were in survival mode. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. even trying to trust your memory at this point of what things happened and when is so hard because you were in such survival mode based on the environment that was created around you. But then I feel like when you went to college, kind of a light went off inside of you and you really chose to kind of come out of your shell a little bit and be a little bit more comfortable with who you were and grow a little bit and have fun and live the college life and not be just so like broken down by this broken system of elite gymnastics Mm -hmm. and not even I shouldn't even say elite gymnastics because not only was this going on with you in elite gymnastics but this was all I mean whether you were a level eight nine ten Six, seven, eight, nine, ten, probably, probably even some compulsory gymnasts, they were experiencing something mm-hmm. very similar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it's just was the culture of gymnastics. Mm-hmm. 
So to shift gears a little bit, I do want to shed some light on the aftermath because you're still here and you have a great attitude on life and you're doing great things with your life and you are speaking your truth, which I'm a huge advocate for. Um, And there's a lot of people who don't support that or are still scared to this day to speak their truth. And I, I just want you to shed some light on like, what was your college experience like? Were you excited? It was so nice to have such a positive end on such a positive experience. You also came home with some bling after college, <laughs> like quite some bling because oh, you was killing it while you were there. Yeah, so I'm sure fun. you had nothing to do with it. <laughs> <laughs> but like, what was that like? I mean, was college fun? Yeah, college was a Changed blast. Changed your whole perspective really? It did, yeah. And I think it's because I was surrounded by girls that love the sport and like, mm-hmm. we all had the same, str- I mean, same struggles, but in different ways, you know? Right. And then like, our college coaches were very good about there's something after this sport, so you need to enjoy it while you're here for the four years. And yeah, it's about winning, but it's also about how are you beating yourselves every day. And I like personally like the team the most. Right, because like, college gymnastics is your first chance as a gymnast to go into a team atmosphere mm-hmm. when you've been nothing but individualized your entire life. Yeah. It's crazy. People people outside the gymnastics world don't get that. So the f- best, I think, and I've always thought this about college gymnastics, is your ability to finally be a part of a team. For sure. And you're not fighting yourself. No. And, like, you know that each girl wants you to do your best. And right. like, mm-hmm. I would get more excited for the girls doing their routines than the ones that I did. Right. Because yeah. it's like you guys are a team, and your score together is going to compete against everyone else, not just what you're doing individually. For and obviously, sure. what you're doing individually matters. Yeah, right? but it's more but, important for the – I even remember, like, telling people, People sometimes, yeah, sucks that you messed up, but think about like the next year you're gonna do so much better and help us win the national championship. Right. right. Don't let. So this there's stop like you. bigger. Okay, you might win out of meet, but that doesn't matter in college. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And so, do you think that has a lot? The fact that you didn't give up on the sport. Do you think it has a lot to do with who you are now? Oh, for sure. Yeah. It like taught me that I can get through anything. I think resilience. Yeah. For yeah. sure. Yeah. Something I feel like we didn't touch on that I do think is worth going back and mentioning is that time, that dark time, when there was a lot of manipulation going on at Zenith with your new coach, and they were clearly blacklisting you, for Mm -hmm. lack of better words. Mm -hmm. I remember there was times where I couldn't even, I felt, I didn't feel comfortable asking questions to you guys because I didn't know what you'd even be willing to openly like divulge because of the fear of your college gymnastics career Mm -hmm. because at that point it was no longer your elite career being jeopardized it was your collegiate career being jeopardized Mm -hmm. and it was also at that time when you were assaulted by Larry Nasser and at that time where I know Christy you've kind of talked about there was there's a couple times where you were put in that situation one of which there was a doctor that you guys had specifically asked to go see Kenzie Mm -hmm. And he walked in and stopped it from happening. Mm-hmm. He didn't know. No, he didn't know. Yeah. And there's now a whole 60 Minutes, I guess, on... Er, he talks about his participation mm-hmm. in it, and there's a 60 Minutes, and they reference her. And I think one thing I want you to know is that there's insane resilience when it comes to knowing that, like, all these things happened to you, yet you still gave the sport a chance. Because I'm over here on this side, like... I can't remember who I was talking to, but we basically said, like... Because of this, the things that we lived, it's hard for us to love the sport. And we realized this, the love of the sport has been pulled away from us from the people of the sport. Mm-hmm. And these older people who are just their pride or their ego or whatever it is. Whether And 
I, males get a lot of the backlash in gymnastics, but the females can be just as bad. Mm-hmm. It's, oh, yeah. it's not male. It's not males only. No. And it's not just the Dr. Nasser either. I mean, no. this stuff is happening all the time, everywhere, and it's still happening to this day, mm-hmm. right? And so I think the one thing that I want you guys to really now give empowerment to are the gymnasts that are listening and the parents that are listening of, you know, the negative that's happened in the sport isn't the end. This is our chance to kind of rewrite the history. Mm-hmm. And this is our chance to put our foot down and say no more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And sure. to respect ourselves and respect our children and respect our bodies and whatever it is to be able to be successful athletes in a healthy way. And it's mm-hmm. not just our sport in gymnastics. It's a lot of sports right yeah. now that are, that are going through this and a lot of athletes that are coming forward. But Let's talk about what you're doing now. And let's talk about all the great things that have come. Like, I mean, one thing that everyone knows that I preach on is that gymnastics teaches you lessons that no other sport can teach you. And you can go to bat with me on any other sport, but I promise you gymnastics is one of the most unique sports on this entire planet. (laughs) You laugh because you're agreeing with me. It's It's true. true. And the end of, I mean, maybe, maybe ice skating is kind of up there with it because we're a judge sport, right? Mm -hmm. I tell, I, I speak to gymnasts all the time and I talk to them about how we don't, get to make goals, we get deducted from not being perfect, Yeah. right? Soccer, you get make goals. Baseball, you make goals. Football, you add points. Everything's about the positive. Like, you get something, you get something. And then gymnastics and ice skating, it's you're deducted by mm-hmm. something. Of like, And it was 10 at the time of being perfect, but now, you know, now perfect doesn't really exist. So then it's except like you're... Except for college. <laughs> except yeah. for college. Yeah. And, then you're, <laughs> and then you're... Elites are trying to obtain a goal that... Like, where's the ceiling? There is no ceiling now. So that's like almost even made it 10 times worse. Mm -hmm. And so I I don't know. I just think it's, it's really cool to see gymnasts come out and do something. And there's a lot of awesome gymnasts that you competed against and I competed against that are coming out and using the struggles that they had to do better. And Mm -hmm. there's some that have still, they don't feel confident speaking out about their struggles. And so you're working in corporate America yeah. Killing it. <laughs> we tried to Who plan all of this. Y'all were prepping for the podcast. And she's like, sorry, I'm taking a call. Another call. Another call. I'm like, okay, girlfriend, you're like super professional now. <laughs> Killing it at Dell. I try. I mean, what are some things that you feel like you do every day that like come from gymnastics? Time management? Yeah, time management dedication. for sure. Resilience. Because I'm in a cold calling is my new oh. thing that I do. It's annoying. Sometimes I won't lie. But it I mean, I'm like, I have to get a hold of these people somehow, so I'm right. just going to annoy them mm-hmm. <laughs> until they answer. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I do that mainly. I think leadership, too, because I do want to get, I think, into a leadership role. I thought about nursing some, so kind of, I don't know, keeping my options open. But Yeah, but learning that there's so many things and yeah. tools that you've learned that although there was a lot of negative, there's also a lot of great things that For can sure. come out of it. Yeah, absolutely. And great people. There are great people. Like us! Like, yeah, oh, the reason that we're still all talking. <laughs> we met great people along and the way. Christy, what's, I mean, I know you've kind of touched on it, talking about your gut and talking about the things that you, you know, you wish you would have changed. But, you know, going forward, what do you want to tell parents that are in the sport? How can they advocate for their children? And what, what would your suggestions be to try to help prevent anything of the liking that Kinsey went through in the future? I think that the hardest part to keep in mind is, and, you know, hopefully things are changing. But the way you and Mackenzie were raised and brought up in the sport, they didn't have a voice. Mm-hmm. And Mackenzie was really taught from, from day one, you know, you don't complain. 
Which, I mean, that may even came from the house. Because I remember going, you okay? You No, not really, <laughs> Once though. you fall, you okay? You okay? You know. But, you know, which is, there are good that comes from that. But there's, but then there's fear of talking about your injury, talking about what you're going through. You brought up the Larry Nassar thing. She couldn't even talk mm-hmm. about that till this year. Mm-hmm. And and when did this happen? Uh, 2012. It was so whenever I broke my foot. At okay, Visa's. so eight years later, you're finally at a place where yeah. you can come forward with And I it. think it's important people know it's never too late to come out. That's something else I struggled with was like, all these girls already came out. Why would I come out this mm-hmm. late? And maybe mine wasn't as bad as the rest of them, but everything's bad. So... Assault is assault. Yeah, exactly. And I had to realize yours that. Is one time or yeah. two times doesn't mean that the 15 times is worse than the one or the two. Yeah. It is or that, assault. Or that and you've been violated. The Olympics. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that she carried so much guilt and shame that we saw it. I mean, there was, you know, looking back, just read your child. Pay attention. Pay attention. Ask questions. Go with your gut. Ask questions. Mackenzie, she didn't tell the truth. I mean, she didn't because she was, I think she was... It's embarrassing. She's honestly. embarrassed. She's ashamed and fear of disappointment. I mean, because that's how you're trained. Mm-hmm. Pleaser. She's a pleaser, and I and I think most of the gymnasts are that way. So follow your gut. Go in the gym. Don't be scared to go in. I got scared to go in. So and you gave them that control. I gave them that control. Mm-hmm. I I did not approach them anymore. That was my new way of life. I didn't even approach the college gymnast, but you know she was an adult at that point, and right. so I trusted her on that. Um, well, and there's a few coaches, more. I'd say there's a few more checks and balances when it comes to collegiate yeah. gymnastics. Yeah. Than there it was is a whole and, different ballgame. Yeah. I, mean, I think that's where like, I like found my voice too. Yeah, because I feel like t- college coaches do teach you to speak your mind. Yeah, yeah. and I, I mean I think that's fair because we've talked about that, right? Yeah. Like you and your collegiate coaches, y'all butted heads, but at the same time, they you know to this day they still love you. Oh, absolutely. So they taught yeah. you to speak your opinions and speak your mind, but in a way that was classy mm-hmm. and responsible and, and respectful. For sure. And I gotta tell you, and you know this, Abby, when Mackenzie left, I mean, you're taking a little girl. She first of all, she graduated a year early, so she was 17 years mm-hmm. old. Yes. When I say little girl, she hadn't touched puberty. Like, I know. Touched. She was 4'10", yes. and I think maybe pushing 90 pounds wet. And I was like, right? 100, I mean, oh, she's 104, she says. Um, and <laughs> I'm not kidding you. Like, there was no development. No. And with, with that becomes there's no uh, maturity development. And I'm not talking just physically. I'm talking mentally. Right. So she goes to them and bless their hearts, <laughs> the coaches. They raised her. I'm not kidding. For five years. It was like a crash course in, like, development. Mm-hmm. I, I agree with so that. So there yeah. was buttonheads, and there were issues. There were. I mean, I would lie if I if I said that. Well, you were. were probably going through eight years of puberty in four yes. years. Oh, for sure. Oh so it was like a crash course. Also, literally. I was, yeah, and, like, I was learning that I did, I could have a personality, so why would I not use it? Right. And, and like, that was it. almost, I mean, yeah, I tested the waters. <laughs> Just as a kid a would. Yeah, right? Yeah. I mean, but you didn't have a chance to no, do that, yeah, so what was like, your option? Honestly, I felt like it was my role on the team a little bit. I felt like it kept the mood light, so I was like, I'm going to keep... She but still, to say, I think to a point, that's really... Also, Christy, you're somewhat like that, too. Yeah. And I think that's just your personality, yeah. but you That'd didn't know silly. it for so many years because yeah. you didn't have a chance to exactly. like navigate it and investigate that yeah. side of your personality. Well, because yeah. I think, too, like we tend in our family to keep it from getting serious or emotional Y'all's or whatever. family definitely we does joke. that. Yeah. yeah. You so guys do joke. You, perfect example, Kenzie goes to this major surgery, and I kid you not, you know, that... Two rods, 27 screws. She's in this six-hour procedure, and I probably told you this in the ICU. And I'm, like, freaking out. You know, the doctor calls, come, and John and I go to this room, 
and we're sitting there and the doctor said everything went great. She, you know, we woke her up, we tested and John, and John goes, awesome. So now she's not Michael anymore. And the surgeon looked at John and he goes, Michael. And he goes, yeah, Mike Wazowski from what's it called? Monsters Inc. Monsters yeah. Inc. Yeah. And <laughs> Dr. Geck looked at him and he goes, I don't think that's very funny. Wow. And it got real quiet. There were crickets in the room. <laughs> yeah. And John's like, well, that was her nickname. He goes, not funny. She had a deformity. And uh, he left the room. You know, KJ hated <laughs> KJ hated when my teammates called me Mike. Yeah. I thought it was funny because I had a Kids short pasta. Like, you did have a short Yeah, but KJ okay, was so, like, that's so offensive. Background, the reason it was Mike is because of her scoliosis. Yeah. Her, literally, your... <laughs> Well, okay, not only did you have a short torso, your legs are Barbie doll (laughs) legs. So she had this deformity in her spine that made her torso twice as short as it should have been. But not only that, she had these, like, go-go gadget legs that were these long, gorgeous legs. And so you get this surgery done. You grow two inches. I remember I come in to visit with your cousin (laughs) slash my friend. And they're like, oh, yeah, we're moving you out of ICU. And y'all are like, we didn't even think this was going to happen. Like, what in the world? And I'm like wheeling you down the yes, freaking hallway with the IV. I'm like, how did I get this? Hitting job? bumps and kids are like, oh, it's yes. and, then, and then, like, after fact, I realized you didn't even know I was there. I did. So <laughs> dragged up. I think even two weeks later, I still did because Aaron came and visited, like, Aaron Davis, yes. one of our old teammates. Came and visited, and I was like, Mom, why hasn't Aaron come and seen oh me my. yet? <laughs> She's like, dude, Or Heather. I don't remember who it was. Heather. Yeah, it was Heather. Okay. <laughs> we had all come. Oh, you yeah. were all there. Yeah. You just I mean, remember. you were wearing I had a picture with her. You were yeah. wearing the shoes. Oh, yeah, that Kayla Abby. and I got you. And you yeah. didn't even know. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So, anyway. But you you came back from that surgery, and I mean, and if you guys, what's your, the, your, Kins Pyre Instagram. Oh, I yeah. mean, I think that's like a really motivational Instagram if anyone wants to follow along. I mean, not your, there's your personal one, which I want you to share both of those in a second. But okay. you've chosen to allow this scoliosis journey that you've taken on. It's it's a positive thing for you. And you've been a leader and you've connected with people socially that have mm-hmm. gone through similar things. And, you know, you waited till you were done with your career to do it because you knew it was probably going to be career ending yeah. because th- there's just yeah. things that your back can't do now that it could do before. But, I mean, what's your why? Like, why? Like, like why? Why keep going? Why be oh, positive oh. about it? Like, I, why? I don't know. I think everything I did go through taught me that I want to help people have better than I had growing up or whatever, which mm-hmm. is why I think about the Kinspire. I was like, I want people to be able to reach out and, like, ask me questions about it because why would I not answer them? I wish I would have known before. And then, like, yeah. thinking about nursing, I've always had a soft spot for kids. So, like, another thing I did was volunteer at a children's hospital in Oklahoma my fifth year and I don't know I want to get back into that maybe too so I think it's just helping others and like making an impact in that way and just being the person that's rewriting the story yeah that that come up yeah because I think you can either let it affect you in a bad way or a good way and I'd rather live a happy life yeah Yeah. and that's a choice yeah you make every single day for sure yeah do you look back and have regrets or do you look back and just have gratitude for all of the lessons at such a young age to know that it's going to equip you for so much more in life. Yeah. I don't, how do you view it? I don't think regrets at all. I think it shaped me into the person I am. Cause like without the struggles, I wouldn't, maybe I wouldn't have gone to OU for gymnastics. Maybe I wouldn't have made all the friends that I made along the way, you know, or impacted the people that I have. So I don't think I'd change anything. A voice now, like probably one of the strongest voices that you've ever had. Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm. (laughs) Yeah. Mm, It's strong now. (laughs) 
In a good way. In a good yeah. way. Channel that, okay. sister. I've got a strong voice, too, and I yeah. am afraid to use I it. I love it. I love it. I never would have thought. <laughs> I know. In a million years, but I, I love it. I don't want to get, like, all emotional, but, like, I'm hella proud of you. Thanks, Abs. So sweet. <laughs> <laughs> wow, y'all been through a lot. You taught her a few I things. Did. I'm just trying to be like Abby Cole when I grow <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> She is. I think she's always looked up to you. Uh, Abby, I will never forget. I will never forget. Oh, dear God. She is set. This is your mom. The this, is Janet. this is Janet. This is Janet. Y'all are like seven and ten or whatever. Yeah. And y'all have been chosen in this compulsory thing. And it was an honor. I mean, it was an honor. It was, it was an, honor. an honor. But I've never sent Kenzie out oh, into God, the world. No. And so that was your like, first time. First time. And so they're like... <laughs> You know, Janet's going to take care of him. Okay, Janet. Yes, yes, yes. And I always looked up for you guys. You know, Abby Cole. Cool, cool, cool. And I said, okay, so we're going to the airport. And back then, you got to go back with your, you know, right. walk up to there the was gate. Pre- and I walk up to, to Janet. And I go, okay, here's Kenzie's bag. And she goes, Kenzie's taking care of her own bags. I go, oh, okay, Kenzie got to grow up today. <laughs> and I thank your mom for that. I do. It's like you walk you walk back and you look back at your journey. Uh-huh. That was the day that I realized, like, she's going to, it set her up for what she had to prepare herself for. Because from that moment, she took off. Mm -hmm. And then those camps and that elite career, she went to South Africa. She went to Italy. She went went all over. And we did not go. And and I, that moment prepared her for all that. It was really cool when I was back. Yeah. Thank you, Janet. One of my uh, at no. first I thought, what? Well, you know, Janet and, <laughs> and also, she did. She really was watching the Janet's sure she delivery, the and we've learned she's learned this in her older age. But her delivery is a little rough, <laughs> but her will is in the right place. It is no, because I know she was going to make sure Kenzie got yeah. a bath. Oh, and she took care of yes, yeah, like of all of us, she all thirteen of us. Like my we um, favorite memory. I don't know if you want this I on do. here. Yeah, we can share it. Okay. Well, I was like seven, eight, and we had the tampons, and you taught me and. <laughs> open a tampon yeah, she showed it. and she then you would it. wet it and throw it on the ceiling <laughs> but the tampon story is my it it was is. my favorite that's a good one okay so i think one thing that's worth touching about before we wrap up is this isn't easy and i think people need to understand that coming forward and sharing very intimate scary details about your past career as a gymnast it's scary it's not easy it's intimidating and the backlash is mm-hmm. is scary. Mm. Have you experienced that? Are there things that you feel like have happened that still make you feel like you're supposed to be silenced or people want you to not speak out? And if there's someone that maybe hasn't spoken out yet, well, you know, what would you say to them? And sorry, that was like a loaded question. Yeah, but one at a time. <laughs> talk about I, okay. Yeah. Yesterday. Yeah. So backlash, I definitely had whenever I came out. Me and one of my friends decided to, like, write a post and come out whenever Valeri got taken down or whatever happened with his role and basically just saying bad things about him and, like, how happy I was. You were speaking the truth of no, what yeah, happened I was to you. Not bad things, but I was speaking... You were speaking your truth yes. of the things that happened to yeah. you. Yes, and She's, I was saying that it was yeah. good for girls in the future, which they may not have understood because I know a lot of the gymnasts that were going to the ranch then were very against Valeri being fired or right. let go because they didn't experience what athletes like me and my other teammates did with him. Which, in all but, fairness, you and I have experienced yeah, that with the same exactly. coach. You have a coach that you love that I despise. Yes, of. yes, but yes. With that being said, I, I got to tell you, I not only they maybe experience it, but their fear because sometimes even as a parent or a gymnast, 
it's the more of the fear of not being able to succeed than it is than what they've done. Like to they'd me. be stripped of whatever. I'm going to be stripped put, from which, the gold okay, medal. Yeah, right. I'm going to be stripped from being able to be successful because or he's follow the best my in the dreams. World. Yeah. and he's going to jeopardize that. So whether me. he treated them nicely or not, I don't think that that really whatever whatever anyone says is what they hold true to their heart or yeah. not. It's more about. There's no way when you, because I was in the moment, and it is very hard to go speak about someone. It is very hard to stand up to this. After the fact, corrupted, it's different. It's yeah, over. Yeah. It's done with. They this can't is touch corrupted. You now. No, no, and, and, and it's and it's corrupted. I mean, it it is so so thick, so thick, and yeah. it goes down. And the minute the minute you speak out uh, against one of the chosen ones or one of the favorite big dude. favorites, um. You're done. Yeah. You're done. And so anyways, after that post, I got blocked by Sean Johnson and Nastia Lukin. And I'm assuming just because I posted what I like went through, whatever, my thoughts on everything and how I thought it would improve if he was gone. Mm-hmm. I didn't even, to be honest, I didn't even know they had blocked me. It was more of someone reached out and said that they saw a post that Sean had put or something. And I was like, oh, let me go see and found out she blocked me. <laughs> I don't know why. Me and Sean were good friends. I didn't post anything about like her coach or anything, but... I know her and Nasty are tight, so maybe that's why. But but the problem is you shouldn't be you shouldn't be fearful of posting yeah. or speaking, speaking your truth. truth. Yeah, and you should not be fearful of speaking your truth. And, no. and anything that you've shared today and will continue to share and have shared in the past is nothing but factual truth it for is you. Facts. Yeah, and, and that's what I think people. I think. Whether you're Sean or Nastia, and you know, I'm sure Nastia has her own struggles because of it being her father and the things she's had to deal with with her father and the backlash of all of that. And God knows what she went through as being coached by her father, right? Like, the empathy there is, you know, that's a story that I don't know. And, you know, I I competed against her, and then all of a sudden she was an Olympian. Like, it was the weirdest thing. We were level five together, and then it was like she was gone. And, you know, I don't know her story. I don't know Sean's story. But I can guess that there still has a, they still have a lot of fear that they probably haven't worked through. Yeah. And they may share their story and speak their truth one day. And they may never get to a place where they're comfortable. And I think one thing I'm super passionate about of making sure is it's your truth. And whenever you're ready to speak it, mm-hmm. you speak it. And whenever you're healthy enough to be able to speak it. Because you wouldn't have been able to say this a year ago. We talked no. about that, right? No, no I went way. through... She went hell, through, yeah, and, and then came out. And about it took everything. it took you really struggling and and looking at you know yourself and I, what what is my identity and what am mm-hmm. I doing and all of these things that I can now recognize as being really traumatic experiences, and you know I gotta process them. You know, you t- I have a therapist. We talk through them. Like anything traumatic that's happened to you, you have to process. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about mm-hmm. how mm-hmm. if you don't, you're stuck in that mindset from the time that it happened. And yeah, how do you shame. get past it? And I, you know, I'm a huge advocate for survivors and all of us have our own story and our own way of dealing with things and our own way of processing. But my hope is that anything that's shared on this podcast never brings hate. And so I want people to know that this wasn't easy. Yeah. And a year ago, this sure as hell wouldn't have no, happened. No, and no. there's still a lot of people that struggle with what you've struggled with and what I've struggled with, right? Like I spoke out about my A&M story and, you know... I don't think I could have done it two years after, like mm-hmm. a lot of the girls that I was with did. And my story was eight years after, and it was a lot easier to talk about something once you're married and living in a very, very secure and safe uh, relationship, right? right? Mm-hmm. And it's easier to have confidence in that. But, you know, I want to say that it's, it's always at the right time of whatever works for you. And no matter what that is, you still have a right to be respected. Yeah. And I think that's ultimately what you would want anyone 
to know in here. And it's not, this isn't a chance for people to combat you if they had a positive experience with one of the coaches that you had a negative experience with. You and I can sit here and love and hug on each other and you can sing the praises of one coach and I could tell you she's a demon. Oh, for sure. Right? (laughs) But it doesn't change that. We we still respect that about each other. And it's the impact of how we, the process that we went through. And she may have grown when she was working with you when she didn't grow when she was working with Mm -hmm. me. And there might have been life instances that caused her to treat me a certain way that she wasn't going through when she got to the bulk of, you know, coaching you. And mm-hmm. I I think it's really important to address that perspective and empathy whenever you're talking about the sport of gymnastics and anything anyone's gone through in the sport and just in emotional abuse, sexual abuse, sexual assault, domestic abuse. It's all about empathy and perspective and choosing to love versus choosing to ridicule or um, hate. And so I want to make sure that none of this, and if there is any that comes this way, there's a zero tolerance policy, at least on this podcast for that. And I want people to know that. And you're just coming on here to try to do the best that you can with your story and speak your truth. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. You guys are awesome. This has been incredible. Thank you so much, Abby. Thanks. This has been so cool. I I hope that you guys listening, I know that this was kind of a lot of not fun stories to share, but our hope is that by us speaking our truth and using this series about the sport of gymnastics to kind of be a chance to rewrite the story and to give a lot of the younger gymnasts a chance to succeed mm-hmm. in a positive way. Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. And parents to feel like they can be a supporting factor and they aren't just there to be like paying tuition and yeah. to be a taxi and i think growing up that's what a lot of our parents felt right for sure no right and yeah you have you have more responsibility than just being that as a parent and i think our coaches and the society of the sport of gymnastics wants to strip you from that and it's not it's not how it's supposed to be so i hope you guys take this as an opportunity to speak your truth and kins we can find you give me your two instagrams again kinspire k e n z p i r e k and then the other one is kinsey underscore wofford one two three kinsey is k e n z i e k underscore w o f f o r d one two three okay one two three you guys, she's super inspirational. She's a great person to follow along. Um, her kin inspires a lot more about just her journey and um, especially with her surgery and scoliosis and life after that and her badass scar that she has oh, yeah. to show. And I'm just very thankful that you've used this as a story to make you a better person because some people it's broken. Yeah. So you go, girl. High five. Yeah, thanks, Abs. You go. Next on to part four. Part four will be coming up, guys. It's the last part of the series, and I'm super excited to bring on a very different perspective. It is an attorney and legal perspective of just advocating for sexual abuse and assault and survivors. And you guys, it's it's going to be an awesome episode to finish up the series with. So I hope you guys stay tuned. And Thank you to Christy and Kins again for coming on. You guys are awesome ladies, and I know that you made a difference because of this. So thank Thanks, you. Bye, y'all. Thank you so much for listening to the Loving This Life podcast special series called Advocating for Athletes. It is because of people like you tuning in each episode that Loving This Life has a purpose. If you like what you hear, please be sure to subscribe and leave us a review. This is how we spread the love and reach more amazing people like yourself. I want to give a special thank you to Ella Reed. What most people don't know is that the song that plays at the beginning and the end of the podcast was written by Ella for sexual assault survivors. She so graciously shared her empowering and uplifting song, Walk On, 
for us to use on the podcast, and I am forever thankful our paths crossed. This series includes tough conversations, but my hope is that by having these tough conversations, society continues to change for the better. So remember, you are not defined by what happens to you, but you are defined by how you respond. You are worthy, you are enough, and you have the ability to change the world. Thanks again for listening. Peace, y'all.